0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to Numbers chapter number 11. We'll start off there. Numbers chapter 11. So in the Word of God, we, uh, especially the Old Testament, we have a lot of you know, stories about Israel and things that they did. God delivering them, bringing them to the Promised Land. And we see a lot of their actions, and then we get to the kings and see a lot of their behavior. And sometimes you'll see kings and that live wicked lives and, and we know it's wrong according to the word of God because you know we just we know his truth. But then sometimes, like we're gonna see here in, in Numbers chapter eleven, the Bible gives us not just the fact that it was wrong, but how it displeased the Lord. So in this instance it really gives us wh- how God felt about Israel and what really this, this rut they got in about complaining and murmuring against the Lord. So uh, Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1, it says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and His anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. We're going to move on from this, but this is just the verse to start with tonight. And I want to look at, uh, really, this subject about complaining, and we'll see the word murmuring as we move on. And uh, Israel, one thing, if, if you know the story about Israel, one thing that they were really bad at is constantly complaining about the situation, the circumstances they were in, and we'll talk a little bit about what God had brought them from, and really how they had no right to complain. They had no reason to complain. And we can compare that to our life tonight because just as we heard in song, Christ has delivered us from sin. We have no reason to ever, ever complain against Him. And you know, sometimes we can find ourselves in that place though. We get discouraged or, or maybe the circumstances in life kind of get to us. But I want to let you know tonight that God, He's good all the time. And His mercy endures forever, the Bible says. We are commanded over and over and over again in the Word of God to praise Him. And God is worthy of praise tonight. So hopefully this will be an encouragement. Let's uh, have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started in the message. Lord, we love you tonight, and we thank you so much for your goodness. God, you have done so much for us. Lord, even this church, the, the blessing that you've allowed us to, to make it all these years, Lord, it's, we give that to you, we attribute that to you, Lord. It's only because of your grace and mercy that we're here tonight. Help us as we read the Bible, Lord God, to see things in our life that maybe shouldn't be there. Or Lord, help us maybe to look out for the danger that is up ahead. Lord, help us to learn how to be people that just love and appreciate our God, the one who has done so much for us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, one thing that the Bible talks about the last days, uh, there's characteristics, and one characteristic is unthankful. People are going to be Unthankful. So as we get closer to the end, I think that it's just more natural for people to complain, to murmur, to be unthankful. And we see it in the world, but it really shouldn't be within the church. It shouldn't be within God's people that we complain and murmur. Because like I said, we have no reason to. So let's go to Numbers chapter 14. And we're going to look at, this is right after the spies had went in to spy out the land. And, uh, you know, if you remember the song, 12 men went to spy in Canaan, 10 were bad, and two were good. (laughs) That's how you remember. So you had two that were good, Joshua and Caleb. And the other 10, they were bad. They, They brought back this bad report saying there are giants in the land. We can't overcome. Let's just give up and go home. And by go home, let's go back to Egypt. That's what they kind of consider their home at this time. But they said, let's give up. Let's turn around and go back. So, in verse number one of chapter 14 in Numbers, this is, you're going to see what's going on in the camp. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. They're crying. Why? Because we can't go in the land now. They're going to defeat us. And, you know, when I read this, Sometimes I'm a little bit more harsh on them than I am in my own life. Sometimes I don't even see it in my own life. But I read it and I think, you guys, all the things God has done for you, why would you doubt Him now? But I mean, we do it too, right? We just don't always see it. So they doubt Him. They, they, they doubt God. They don't think He's going to do it. And then in verse 2, And all the children of Israel murmured. They murmured. That's complaining against Moses and against Aaron. So now they direct it to the leaders. It's your fault. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God, listen to this, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. What a thought right there. They said we would have been better off as slaves, being mistreated, abused, and died right there in the land. But do you know what happened when they were in Egypt? They cried out to God, God, can you save us? Can you deliver us? And he did. And now they said it would be better if I was back there. And then it says, or would God, we had died in this wilderness. They they said it would be better off if we just died right here. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land? They said, why did God bring us here? To fall by the sword? That our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? That is not a good thought. Their, their, Their mind is it's not thinking clearly. In verse 4, And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. So, imagine this. Imagine all the things that God had done for them. For them to say, "It It would be better off if we just stayed put where we were. You know, one of the issues is, these ten... These ten spies that went and saw the land, they brought back a false report. It was a report that wasn't true. Yes, there were giants in the land. Yes, there were enemies. Yes, they found cities that, you know, they were fortified and there there were enemies. But it wasn't true that God would not deliver them. Caleb and Joshua, they stood up and said, no, let's go. We can go. God will bring us through. But what did they do? They believed the false report. You know, we need to be careful what we listen to. In Sunday school this morning, we, uh, we're, we're going through Kings. And we're, we're talking about Saul and, and David. And one, one issue with Saul is he has the wrong mindset. He's believing things that aren't true. And that's where we found him today, believing these, these conspiracies that weren't even true. And you know, the, the truth of the matter is, any of us can be deceived. Any of us. You know, we, we just have to be careful and understand God's word and follow him and really to trust in him. You know, God could be trusted. It amazes me that these people could see the plagues that God brought into Egypt, right? I mean, things that no one has ever seen done before. They could see all of that happen, and then they get here and they say, God can't deliver us. What did they do when they got to the Red Sea? You know what they did? They complained. <laughs> they said, Moses, why did you bring us here? We're stuck. We're not going to make it. They're coming after us. We're going to die. And they started complaining. And then what did God do? God parted the waters, right? Once again, something that you don't just see every day. And then what did they do when they were hungry? They said, bless God, he's going to take care of us, right? <laughs> no, they complained. And they said, why would you bring us out here in the wilderness? There's nothing to eat. We're hungry. So what did God do? He gave them manna, right? And then when he gave them manna, when they ate manna for so long, what did they do? They complained. All we have to eat is this manna in the wilderness. I'm so tired of this. So then God gave them some meat. What did they do when they were thirsty? They complained. And God, you know, he provided water for them over and over and over again. You see them complain. And I tell you what, God is so patient with them. And one thing I love about that is God is patient with us. You know, I sh- and, and I caution you, don't try the patience of God. Because you're going to see in this story today that God's patience was tried to a point where, it is, where these people would miss out on the blessing of going into the promised land. Because they over and over and over again tempted God. And God eventually said, okay, you're not going to go through. Your children will, but you won't. You're not going to make it. So, you know, let's not, let's not test God. But I am glad for God's mercy, right? i got to say for... Uh, just to throw it in there, for Moses, this man, I tell you what, he was a patient man too. Dealing with people like that, <laughs> I feel bad for him. Always complaining. You know who they always blamed? I mean, they would blame God, of course, but they, they blame Moses. You're the leader. Why'd you bring us out here? So they always complained. And, and I want to tell you, this sometimes gets in God's people and on our day and age, where they complain. And they complain. You know, God, He is such He's such a wonderful God, and He wants us to enjoy this life. You know, I think some people probably look at Christians and, and they see how we, you know, we we live our lives and we we live by certain standards and we abstain from certain things, and they probably look at us and think, You are miserable people. You don't get to go out and you don't have fun, you don't get to do all these things, you don't get to enjoy the world. But I tell you what, God has allowed us to enjoy so much better things in this life. He does. But you know, sometimes hard times come in life. Sometimes difficulties come. And during those times, it really, it tests our faith. And I want to tell you tonight, it's a blessing that God would test us. Now, some people might, you know, hear that and think that's crazy. But this is what James said in chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. That's an odd thing to be happy for, right? But he said that. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He said, God is building up endurance in your life. God is actually building you up so that you can really go through the trials that are ahead for you. Let me see if I wrote this down. I probably did somewhere. No, I don't know. Okay. Sorry, I, anyway. Okay, so uh, when God led them out of Egypt, he could have taken them really a shorter path, the Bible tells us. Um, but the reason he didn't is because there were enemies in that land, and God would direct them around. And, not... and, and one of the reasons the Bible said that is because God didn't want them to see the enemy and get discouraged. So when I read that and think about that, God knew what they could handle at that time. And you know what God did? God led them a different way. Why? So that he could strengthen them, build up their faith, and and really get them to a place where they would be able to go in and conquer. So he didn't want to bring them right away to this battle. They all get discouraged and they just quit. So I think God, and, and I know God knows what we need in this life. He does. And sometimes, even though I might look at a trial that God is putting in my life and say, why, Lord? There's a reason for it. There's a reason that God leads us. I believe that. You know, I don't think that we just exist in this life. I think that God has a plan for every one of you in this room tonight. Every one of you. And you might be going through something right now that is very difficult and very trying. But I want to tell you this, there's a reason for it. And if you trust in God, and if you believe in God that he can bring you through, you're going to get through it and you're going to see that God has strengthened your faith because of it. It's a good thing. In school, they test you, don't they? They, put you, they, they give you a test. They test your knowledge. You, you know, I'm sure you guys who are in school, you love to study and take tests. But it's good. You might think, why do I have to take this test? But they want to see where you're at. They want to see, okay, do you understand the material? Are you getting it? Or do you need more help? And I think God puts tests in our life so that we really can get to a place where we understand his will more. And that we can really grow closer to him too. Think back in your life, especially those of you who have, you know, you've been saved for a while. You've, you've been on this journey. Think back on the past of what God's done for you. He's been good, hasn't he? How he's brought you through things. Those of you who really have put your faith in him and trusted him, you, can say, you could probably stand up tonight and give a testimony and say, you know what, there was a time in my life where God put me through this trial. And it was hard and it was difficult. But I tell you what, God brought me through it and I know he can do it again. You know, one thing that Israel could have learned... And they should have learned. They should have learned that no matter what was in their path, God would take care of it, right? Was there any reason for them to doubt God? No. There was no reason for them to doubt God. God had not failed them up to this point. God had not done anything to really show that he was not capable. But yet they doubted him. And yet they complained. And I want to say this too when we read about them, it says the entire camp really complained. This negative and critical spirit, I think that it's, it's, it's poisonous. It spreads. It's something that really discourages other people. You know, Joshua and Caleb, they stood up and they had the right heart and the right mind and the right attitude, but it's like nobody else cared. Everybody else's mind, there was, was made up. And to, to get to that point of, of complaining and being so critical Here's, here's what you're saying to God. Here's what they're saying to God. They're saying, Lord, you had no idea what you were doing when you brought me out of Egypt. God, you had no clue. It, that's Why did you bring me here? What was the point of this? They questioned not just Moses, but God, and said, God, why did you allow this? God, why would you do this? They're questioning God's will. They're questioning God's sovereignty. And we might not think about it that much, but when we complain about things in our life, we're doing the same thing. We're saying, Lord, why would you let this happen to me? God, if you're good, why would this happen? You know, there are, uh, I, you know, I think about, I really haven't had a Jehovah's Witness knock on the door for a while, but they would ask you questions like this, is God really good if he allows these things to happen? And it, it, I mean, they do it to generate the conversation, but I think some people really think that. Is God really good? If God let this happen, is he really good? But I want to tell you tonight, God is good. He is. And, I mean, I read your Bible. Study the word of God. Listen, don't listen. Don't turn on the news and get, your, get everything from there and say, all right, I'm going to determine if God is good. No. Get in the Bible. God's good. I promise he He's good. And you know what? Sometimes the devil gets in our minds and he gets in our hearts And we get deceived and we start questioning and we start murmuring. Listen, like I read in Numbers chapter 11, it's so clear God said he was displeased. Why? Because they complained. So is God displeased when we complain? I would say yes, absolutely. I think when I complain, God's displeased. We might look at it like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, it's not that bad. It displeased the Lord. In fact, the Bible says he was so angry that a fire consumed him in the camp, right? God's fire did that. Why? Because they complained. Is it that big of a deal? I think so. I think it is a big deal. Um, So one of the reasons that they murmured is their lack of faith in God. You know, they didn't have this faith that really caused them to say, Lord, you can do this. That lack of faith really caused them to doubt God, to doubt that God was able to take care of them. And as I said earlier, our faith really is to be put to the test. That's, that's the purpose. Our faith should stand through those tests. One thing that you'll see in the, in the New Testament when you read about Peter and, and Paul and some of these, these men that followed the Lord, they were, you know, they were beaten. They, many of them were, they lost their lives because of their faith in Jesus. But one of the beatings I remember that Peter got, you know what? They said, we rejoice that we got to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Wow, right? I mean, imagine that. Now, I want to say this to us in this room because I am in the same place you are. We're comfortable right now. We're comfortable because there's really not persecution to us in this, in this nation. It's easy. I mean, I'm standing up behind this pulpit preaching. No one's going to barge through here and you know, take us to prison. It's, we're comfortable. But I want, to, I want to ask you this question. If we were in the same place that they were and you would be beaten for the name of Jesus Christ, Think about how you are in your heart tonight. Do you think you could walk away from that rejoicing in the Lord and say, Lord, thank you? You know what? I'm, I'm glad that I got to stand up for you and to suffer for you. Would you be able to say, Lord, thank you for counting me worthy? You know, Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And what did they do that, that night in prison? They started singing praise to God, didn't they? Uh, you know, they were mistreated, they were beaten. They were in this prison locked up not for any reason that was good just because they were sharing their faith with Jesus and they sang praise to God that night. If you were there, could you sing praise to God that night? Could you say, Lord, you're good and I love you? Or would you complain? I would like to think I wouldn't complain but, you know, there are many people that have suffered for the sake of Jesus Christ. And they did it with a heart and attitude that just, they had something different inside of them, right? It's easy to complain when we suffer. It's easy to complain when when things are hard. But I tell you what, if you realize we're suffering for the One who gave everything for us, it changes your mind. I'm not just telling you to serve a God that is out of touch with us. I'm telling you to serve a God and love a God that has given everything for you. He's given His Son for you that you can have life. And yet sometimes we act like when we're inconvenienced in the slightest way, Lord, why would you do that? We shouldn't have that hard, any of us in this room tonight. And if we do, we should, you know what, we should get on the altar and say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. I don't want to spend one day complaining about this life, complaining about what's going on, because God, you are good. You know one of the reasons why I think. David was able to make it through so many of his trials. And we have it in the Psalms because he praised God through those trials. He looked to God during those trials and said, Lord, I need you. But, you know, even this morning when we read these Psalms about him being in the cave, you know, one of them, he said, Lord, I exalt you. I'm hiding in a cave. Saul wants to kill me. I'm I'm running for my life. But God, I want your name to be exalted. You see, he had the right mindset. He could have said, man, this is terrible. What am I going to do? I'm running. I don't know what to do. No, he praised God still. I'm telling you, that should be us as believers. We should be able to praise God through any circumstance in this life. We shouldn't allow like these ten spies coming in and saying, oh, the bad." no, we should push them out and say, no, God is good. We're not going to hear this negative report. We don't want to hear it. We're not going to listen to it because our God is good. That's what we need. But like I said, we are, we're comfortable. Things are pretty easy. But I want to tell you, we have no idea where this world is headed. We have no idea you know, what this nation is going to be like in a few years. Uh, continue on the road we're continuing on. It's, it's probably not going to be a great thing. But guess what? We can still stand for the Lord because he's still good. We can still praise him because he's still good. You say, if I'm persecuted, you can still praise God... Because He is still good. Things might be bad in life, but that doesn't give us a reason to really ever, number one, doubt God, but ever to be unthankful for what He's done for me. And I, and I, really, I really mean this. I know that it would be hard to, to always be in a good mood and always be praising Him, but if God never did one more good thing for my life, never did anything else for me, He's already been more kind to me, more more loving than I deserve. I I don't deserve him. If he never did one more good thing for me, God has been greater than I could even praise him for. Because I am never going to see hell. Never. Why? Because Jesus Christ gave his life for me. Sometimes we just get focused on the physical. We get focused on maybe things that are just happening in our life right now. Don't lose sight of God's mercy because it's there and it's new every day. Don't lose sight of the grace of God. Don't lose sight of what Jesus has done for you. Because we don't ever want to get to this place where we, like Israel, had this lack of faith in their God. Look, God can be trusted. They believe this lie. Let's look in, uh, you're here in Numbers. Look in uh, chapter 13. We'll, uh, we'll read this report from them. We'll look, look in verse number 31. It says, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, that's probably a true statement. Uh, They weren't weren't coming out as warriors and fighters. They didn't have an army. They didn't really have any military training. So, I mean, they they were stronger than them. But they were missing the fact that God was going to take care of them. And then look uh, look in verse number 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, there were giants in the land. We won't deny that. But do you really think that everybody in that land was a giant? I don't think so. Do you think everybody in that land just ate up the inhabitants? No, I mean, they, were, they, they kind of falsified it slightly. Some false news there. And then verse 33, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. (laughs) So now, yeah, they they tell us, hey, we look like grasshoppers, and I know they think the same thing. That's, I mean, here's their viewpoint. Their viewpoint is, we're so small, they're going to squash us like a bug. We're not going to make it. We're done. Let's just, let's go. Let's get out. And every, it, And the majority of Israel that night cried because of that. They listened to that bad report. I mean, maybe they thought there's ten guys who were saying this and two that are saying this, so let's follow the ten, right? You always follow the the majority. That's not a good idea. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, sometimes it is easy to follow the majority, isn't it? When people are louder, there's more of them. But I want to tell you, we ought to always put our faith in God and not in man, not in... You know, even if if all 12 of them would have came back and somebody would have stood up and said, wait, God said he would take care of us. They should have followed that, right? Because when they were to spy the land, by the way, this wasn't a, a, a mission for them to go and say, we can or can't do this. That was not the purpose of them spying out the land. It was to go, like, see the layout of it, to see what's there, not to bring back a report and say, no, let's turn around and go home. That was not the purpose of it. But these men did that. They were discouraged, and and they brought that discouragement to others. With that being said, you know, think about, and, and I want to think about our influence on other people. You know, our attitude, our heart, how we think, how we feel, sometimes it affects other people. I want to be like Caleb and Joshua who encourage people and say, the Lord can give us the victory. Let's go and do this. I don't want to be like the ten spies that discouraged all of Israel and said, you know what, we can't do this, let's turn around, let's go, let's go back. I don't want to be that person. And neither, none of us should want to be that. We should encourage each other in the Lord. Let's not get to a place where we lead people away from God, but let's lead people to Him. And say, you know what, God can do anything. Anything. And as a church, you know, I think it's so good for us to have a, have a church family. I believe that God has designed this and set it up so that we could encourage each other in the Lord. We can edify one another. That's the purpose that we have with one another is really to build each other up in the Lord. And as we get closer to the end, I, the Bible even tells us it's just more important that we gather together and really encourage one another because things are not going to get easier. So I want to encourage you tonight, church, whatever God has for us in the future, no matter what it is, He is able. He is able. God can bless this church. God can grow our church. God can cause us to prosper. Let's not follow into this this negative mindset and allow our hearts to really be consumed with with thoughts that that don't encourage us to trust in Him. So many times, and, and it's easy. In a church even, people get upset for whatever reason. They have, uh, you know, they have complaints and they have issues. And what do they do a lot of times? Well, a lot of times they find somebody else who's going to listen to them. And then they start telling them, hey, you know, pastor did this and this. Or brother so-and-so did this and this. And, and what happens then? Well, it just kind of spreads more and more, right? So then that person knows somebody else. So like, I'm going to tell you the same thing. So this negative, really, you know, critical spirit gets in the church. And what do you think that does? It doesn't please God. We know it displeased Him, right? It displeased Him. But not just that. I mean, it discourages people. And it causes them to take their focus. And here's, here's the main thing that happened. These people took their focus off of God, and they focused on the land and the problems and the issues that lie ahead for them. They weren't thinking about God can do this. They weren't thinking about the Lord can use us. They just thought, you know what? Look at all these bad things. And when we get that critical spirit within the church, we take people's eyes off of God and we bring them onto man. And we bring them onto man's problems. And we bring them on things that, that may be discouraging, right? And we get them to focus so much on that that God, I think, is hindered in the church then. But he's also displeased. And I don't want to be in a place where God is displeased with us. Because God made it very clear that this was not going to happen. And He sent judgment to them at that very moment. But not just that. God, they would continue this, this, this murmuring and rebellious heart, and God would actually judge them, as I said, and they would not make it into the land. Let's go uh, hold your place here. Let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 1. They had this heart that was, it was actually rebellious. They had this heart that they wouldn't go up in the land because, because of their, their fears. They didn't want to, they weren't trusting God. They weren't doing the right thing here. Deuteronomy chapter number one. Uh, let's look in, we'll look in verse number 25 talks about how they were going up in the land. They took the fruit of the land. They brought it down. Um, they said, it is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. And then 26, notwithstanding, you would not go up but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. And he murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hated us. Look at that. Look at this language. So it actually reveals a little bit more about their heart right here. They murmured and said, because the Lord hated us. Where did they get that from? That's crazy, isn't it? I'm telling you, that's what happens when people get this wrong mindset and they start thinking and, and, you know, people start talking. So they even said, God hated us. He had brought us forth out of the land of Egypt. Why? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. So through their talking in the camp, they came up with this idea that God hated them and that the only reason God brought them up is to give them into the hands of the Amorites to destroy them. I I'm I'm telling you what that that is that's messed up thinking. Where did they get that? But I'm telling you what tonight there are people that get in the same position and their mind is so consumed with whatever it is that they have this false idea about God, they have this false idea about, you know, what he's doing and they can just get so off in their thinking that they just you know and I think I think once that our our hearts are open to deception, the devil just has a heyday, and he can just put any thought in your heart and mind, and and you just fall into that and believe that. I want to tell you tonight: get those thoughts out of your mind. Let's focus on God. You know what man fails? I'm going to tell you what I fail. You know, Pastor Weiss, he's going to fail. If you're following a man and saying, you know what, he no, we're following God. Don't don't get Don't get hung up on everybody else's failures. Let's look to the Lord. Let's look to God and say, Lord, we know you can do something. We're failures. We're going to make mistakes. But God, we trust you, and you're perfect, and we want to know your will. You know, the greatest thing we can do is stay in the will of God. And one way we do that is just by keeping our eyes on him. Don't let your eyes be discouraged by like these people in Israel where they looked into the the giants of the land and and they got this crazy thinking. Look at verse number 28. They said, "...whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven." (laughs) Wow. I'm telling you what, man. These guys brought this terrible report. Man, But you know what? And and that's what I said earlier. Think think about the negative effect these ten spies had on on all of Israel here. To deceive them into thinking God couldn't do it for them. Let's not be that person. And then they said, Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anak there. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. So Joshua tried to encourage them, right? It didn't really do them any good. He even told them in verse 30, The Lord your God was going before you. He shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. You see, he had the right idea. He said, remember what God did. Look back on the past because God took care of you then. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son, and all the way that ye went until you came into this place. So you know what He said, all the way up until now, God has been with you. All the way up until now, God has taken care of you. Why would you doubt Him now? And I want to tell you tonight, church no matter what's ahead, remember what God's done for you in your life. Don't ever fall into the thinking that He's not strong enough, He's not big enough, He's not good enough, because He is. You can look back on your past, and if you've trusted in him, you can say, God has led me all this way, and he's been good. Don't start thinking God's not good just because something comes in your way tomorrow. God's good. God is always good, and God can always be trusted. So as we, as we approach, really, you know, the days to come, I don't know what God has for us. Maybe he'll come back soon. I hope. But he might let us live for a while. And if he does, I want to tell you this. God is able to take you through anything. God is strong enough. He's big enough. And maybe you're going to face a trial that is the toughest you've ever been through. And I want to tell you this. God can do it. God can bring you through it. You can trust him. God is worthy to be trusted. Don't get your eyes on the problems that lie ahead. Don't focus on negative things. If you have people in your life that are critical, you know what? You can tell them, hey, I don't want to hear that because I know God can do it for me. Don't bring on people. You know, sometimes it's bad because sometimes when we're, we're down and we have, you know, we just have a, a bad mindset, we have a tendency to go around people that are the same mindset as we. And we, it just kind of brings us down even more. Get away from them, people. And say, you know what? I want to, I want to be around people that praise God. People that, that love the Lord. I want to be around people that, that have the right mindset. Because I'm telling you, it's easy for us to get deceived. Any of us. And, I, I, and, and to me, I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for you know, 30 years. You could get discouraged. You could get to a place where your mind changes and you start focusing on the wrong things. So I just want to encourage you tonight and leave this with you. Let's not fall into that that same mindset. Let's not murmur against the Lord. God, God is not a God who loves complaints. He wants to hear us praise Him all times. David said he would praise God seven times a day. And do you think David always felt like praising God at that time? I don't think so. You know what? There might be times where we may not even really want to praise Him. But here's what I find. When you start singing praise to God, maybe you didn't feel like it at first, but it really does change your mindset and your heart because you start focusing on Him. But the problem is we don't sing sometimes because we don't feel like it. Or maybe we're not praising Him because we just don't see the good in our situation. I want to tell you, let's always look to the good that God has done for us. That's what they encouraged them. They said, look back on what God has done for you. And I want to tell you this too. These people missed out on God's will for their life. Did you know that God intended to bring all of them into the promised land? He intended to bring all of them. But because of their attitude, their heart, their complaining, their constant really tempting God, God said, no, I'm not. The older generation, they're going to die off in the wilderness. And you know what that did too? That caused them to wander for 40 years. So it didn't just, to me, it didn't just affect them. It affected their children. Because they wandered for 40 years till so they all died off, right? God's good. God can be trusted. God is merciful. He's patient. He's kind. But I want to say tonight, let's not test God either and say, you know, let's trust him. Let's trust him and see what God can do. You know, God could have, this could have been a totally different story if they just would have had a different mindset. And I want to tell you tonight, your story's not written yet. You're not to the end yet. Don't fall into the same trap that they did. Get this this negative attitude, this critical heart, this critical spirit that's always just you know to me they were always looking for something to complain about. Do you know people that always look for something to complain about? I can think of a few in my mind right now. They always like no matter what it is no matter what it is, there's always a complaint. And you know, I laugh cuz I like thoughts come in my head but and, you know, sometimes it is, like, it, I hate to say it's comical sometimes, but, you know, just to see a person who just is never satisfied with anything, sometimes it can be a little bit comical, but at the same time it's sad because in reality they just, they can't be happy. They can't, and that, that's not what God wants for his people. He doesn't want a people that's miserable, that, that, you know, hates life, hates everything about this life. He wants us to enjoy it. God wants to bless you. I don't know why God wants to bless us. We're not worthy, but he wants to bless us. And he wants us to live a satisfied life. And I'm telling you, you can. But you've got to keep your eyes off the wrong things and keep your eyes on him. So you, you can have a, a really a fulfilling Christian life. Like I said, some people in the world think we're probably miserable people, but it's not the truth. If you really lived your life for Jesus Christ, and he is your everything, you're, you're happier than anybody could be. Your life will will have meaning and purpose, and God will just, he'll bless you. He will, I promise. So don't let these negative people in, and don't you be a negative person either. As a church, I I really think about the future of our church even. It's damaging to let critical people in the church just go on and spread that in the house of God. And God's not pleased, and and it's damaging. So if that's you tonight, you need to repent of it. And you know, even if you don't have a critical spirit tonight, just ask God. Say, Lord, help me to live my days focused on You, praising You. Wake up tomorrow and praise God. You don't have to wait till Sunday to come in church and praise God. You know that. <laughs> you can praise God Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Every day, we can praise God, and we should. Why?